Welcome in to another episode of Patrick Jones Baseball, where we find the best tools to build the best players. Every once in a while, I like to change it up and do a different type of episode. Normally, we talk a lot about player development and go over mechanics, workouts, recruiting, and I just wanted to change it up this week. So I decided to bring on someone who started actually as a baseball player, playing independent baseball and making $600 a month to a founder of a company that sells awesome baseball gear online. Josh Band wanted to make some money on the side while he was continuing his dream of playing in the major leagues. He thought of different ideas, being that he was still playing and couldn't actually physically be someplace to work. So he decided to start a monthly membership box geared towards baseball supplies. Through word of mouth and social media, Josh was able to get thousands of people to sign up for his membership box, Plate Crate. This is the journey of an entrepreneur who used his baseball platform to make his living online. If you're interested in sponsoring an episode, please email me at jonesbaseballtraining at gmail.com. As always, the best way to show support of the podcast is to head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. Leave a five-star rating and write a short review so other people in the baseball community can learn from the brightest minds in the game. Ladies and gentlemen, please join me in welcoming on Josh Ban. All right, we are now live. Uh, Josh, really appreciate you uh, you coming on the show today. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Appreciate it. So, um, you know, I've actually been doing a lot of research and, and looking you guys up a lot lately and, um, you know, so you're the founder of Plate Crate, um, and it's a really cool, unique idea of like a subscription box that you get every single month. Um, but kind of, you know, you're 29 now. You played um, college baseball. You played some professional baseball as well. Take me through um, not just what Plate Crate is, but how this all came about, essentially. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I was playing, uh, that was good research, <laughs> um, played, played high school ball, played, um, college ball at Rollins college, um, small D two in, um, in Florida, um, beautiful school. After that, I didn't get drafted. Um, I went the indie ball route. I played indie ball for a few different years, different, different teams. Um, and yeah, while I was playing indie ball, minor leaguers, Indie ball people, you just don't get paid a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely not the reason why people play indie ball um, or minor league ball. So it's not really an issue. You're going to play no matter what. Um, but yeah, Play Crate kind of came out of uh, me just trying to supplement my income. So, you know, I was making, uh, you know, my, and I'm, I'm fine sharing all salaries too when I played because they're funny. Um, but I made $600 as a, as a rookie. Um, a month in the first league I played with, uh, the second league, I think I made a thousand and then I worked up to like 1200 bucks a month or something like that. Um, so in the off season I was doing what other indie ball players were doing, doing baseball lessons, personal training, shoveling snow, just kind of anything in that six months, um, while I could train. Um, and I knew I always wanted to start, I always wanted to start a company. I always had side hustles. I've always, you know, been really into selling things and, and, um, and doing things like that. So I figured, um, you know, what I asked myself, what could I start? Um, but there was one kind of night I was Googling things and I saw subscription boxes were coming out and I was like, there has to be one, uh, for baseball. Baseball's, you know, a super popular sport. Um, and I just wanted to see what was in it just for fun to see if I would like it. 
and there was nothing there. And it kind of blew my mind that no one created a baseball subscription box yet. And I figured if there was if there was anything to build, uh, a baseball subscription box was right in my wheelhouse. Um, just because I worked for batting cages and I worked for um, you know, selling gloves and selling bats my whole life. And I was like, if there's one thing I know, it's baseball retail. So I took a crack at it and I just emptied my savings account, which was, you know, very small. And I bought my first round of inventory and, and just been working on it ever since. How many years ago, um, did you actually start, like send out your first box? The first box we sent out was in April, 2015. So I sent that out while I was, um, on the road. Um, so I, I had, I had, <laughs> I didn't have really any customers, so I I packed everything into my car, um, and I went off, um, you know, for basically like the spring training for indie ball, and I would get home, you know, from practice or from a workout or for whatever we're doing, and I would see if I got any orders, and if I got an order, I would pack up that one box, and then the next day I would drive over to FedEx and I'd drop off that one box. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it started off pretty, you know, very very modest, um, you know, as orders came in. Um, I would I would pack them up, but yeah, everything fit in the trunk of my car to start play crate, and um, and then I quickly realized that if I wanted to grow it, I probably should get an office instead of you know using my trunk. <laughs> how like how do you how did you know what to put in the box? Um, well, I was a baseball player, so I knew what you know kids would like. So you know between our the people who like play crate, usually between the ages of thirteen and eighteen, they're baseball nerds, they're baseball diehard kids like I was. So, you know, I was the tar- the target demographic of Playcrate when I was their age. So I knew what they'd like. And I knew there was a lot of interesting um, training aids out there. Um, you know, baseball players are, I, I don't know why, but they're such tinkerers. They like making things and they like trying different things. There's a bil- like a million crazy weird drills. Um, so, you know, playing baseball for so long, playing indie ball and college ball and everything, I came across tons of training aids that aren't in dicks. They weren't in sports authority, no more sports authority anymore, but they just, no one knew about them and they were really cool. And I thought it would be really fun to put all those in one box. So the first box is actually, now we do a different theme every month. Um, so everything's different, but the, the, when we first started play crate, if you bought a play crate, the first box is always the same. So we had a two hands pro, which is a really cool, um, training aid that you would slide in your glove and it would just keep your glove open. Um, and that was a really fun thing. And then we had like Cajun sunflower seeds. So we wanted to put together a box that you wouldn't be able to find in a sporting goods store, something that would kind of just surprise and delight you. And, and anyone that was a baseball nerd could kind of appreciate it. Yeah. And, and I have seen, I actually went onto YouTube and saw um, a couple of different people kind of opening up the box and, yeah. and showing some of the, the things that are in it. It's pretty cool and unique. How many, uh, how many people are, are currently like subscribers right now? Yeah, so we got a couple thousand um, per month, um, and we're we're ever growing. So um, you know, some people buy. That's not including people who just buy one and done. So we have we have a couple different options. So uh, you can buy a gift membership. So that just means if you buy a gift, if you buy one, um, there's no subscription attached to it. If you buy three, there's no subscription attached to it, just for gifts. Um, or you you could subscribe and you could pay three months at a time, twelve six months at a time, twelve months at a time, one month at a time. So you're and you're right now you're based out of Boston, correct? Yeah. Are you from where are you from originally? Yeah, so um, I'm from Peabody, Massachusetts, about 20 minutes north of Boston. Um, so yeah, I grew up around here, um, traveled a little bit, playing college and um, and playing indie ball, and then I just kind of wound up back in the Boston area and. 
Um, but yeah, like we were talking about before, before we, um, pressed record, I'm in a, I know we work in a co-working space now, but we used to have our warehouse was in Salem, Massachusetts. So the, the witch trials, um, I lived in Salem for a little while and that's, that's where our, um, we used to have a, a cool warehouse. We had a batting cage in it and we did all our fulfillment and we, we did all our video and content from there. And it was, it was a blast. And now, um, yeah, now we moved to Boston. So we're working out of here. Did I see somewhere that you like lived in a batting cage for a while? <laughs> I did. That's yeah, that's true. So that was our, we recorded, um, that was our, our old, old office, um, two offices ago. It was in a batting cage. Um, so yeah, when I was playing indie ball, um, I had my play crate office, um, above a batting cage. They had some, some different office spaces and they had a couple of rooms available. So I asked the guy if I could basically trade my time working the front desk, doing lessons, whatever, if I could just have a room to sleep in. And then right next door, it was my, my, all my play crate stuff. So I kind of had everything in one place. And then obviously I was training for indie ball. So I had my mattress in one room. I had my desk for play crate in another room with all my inventory and then I would just walk downstairs in the morning. I'd do all my training, get my hitting in. There was a gym in the facility, so I'd work out. And then during the day, I would do baseball lessons, personal training, and then I would work the desk um, you know, for the batting cage facility. And then at night, I would train again, do whatever, pack orders, do play crate. Um, so I just had everything in, in one place. So yeah, I lived, I lived in the batting cage. It, it was uh, you know, the, the top floor, and it was pretty much an office that I just put a mattress in. That's awesome, man. That's like, uh, that's a kid's dream, right? To live in a batting cage, literally. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of surreal because when you're living in a batting cage, you don't really realize it's the dream. You're like, yeah, that's oh, true. Living in a batting cage right now. What am I doing? Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I told myself that, um, there's no downside to it. You know what I mean? I, the, the goal wasn't, the goal honestly wasn't play crate. Play crate was a, a great learning opportunity for me to learn e-commerce and to learn, branding and to learn some things I've always wanted to learn. But I mean, I, when I was playing, I still, you know, the goal of every minor league player is to make the major league. So, um, you know, I knew to, to do that. I could cut out a lot of time, um, driving to a batting cage. I could cut out time being, you know, away from a batting cage or lifting. Um, so I decided to just live there and, and do as much as I could for the time, you know, I was, I was playing indie ball. So, well, and going back to what you said earlier, you said you worked your way up to making $1,200 a month. That's that's really good um, in independent baseball. Um, I mean, even like the Pecos League, they pay $57 a month. So <laughs> to work your way up to $1,200 a month, I mean, that's that's really good in, in independent baseball. Yeah. Um, so you kind of you, you, uh, talked a little bit about you know, e-commerce and branding and the actual business side because it's one thing to have a, a great idea – and it's one thing to even really have a, a good product, but being able to get it out to the world and be able to, um, you know, um, not just get customers, but to have them, you know, renew every year is a completely different ball game. And there's, uh, you know, literally a science behind that. So how did you learn how to do all that and then take what you learned and actually implement it? Um, yeah, kind of trial by fire. Um, you know, when you're, when you need to get customers, um, you know, it kind of comes from necessity, but I think, you know, what people really underestimate is just Googling stuff. Um, so I actually, I met with, I met with another, uh, Boston entrepreneur today who started a subscription box company and, and she's just starting out. And, um, you know, the hardest part when you don't know anything baseline is just where to start. So, um, I just used to Google stuff, 
what is content marketing? What is digital marketing? What are these things? I used to read a bunch of articles. And then when you read that article, you find 10 more things you didn't know what they were. You write those down and then you research all 10 of those things. And then when you research those 10 things, they give you 10 more things. And uh, it's just a process from there. Um, it's just learning. You know what I mean? It's it's the same exact process five years later. Um, I'm just a little further you know, down the rabbit hole than I was before. Um, and then just leveraging people who have been there. I have, I have mentors. Um, I have really, really great mentors that are, um, were in sporting goods that were in completely unrelated subscription box industries that have massive companies that have small companies that are, you know, kind of everywhere. So, um, you know, I was never afraid to ask for help, um, and just leaning on people, um, to help. And some, some of those people I pay on a consulting basis. Some of those people I meet with once a month, some people I meet with, you know, once every six months, but, um, yeah, I mean the, the best way to learn for me is just asking questions and then going and researching it and then trying to implement it. Um, so yeah, lots of podcasts, lots of books, lots of articles. Is there any one or two things that, um, that took you by surprise that you learned that you never in a million years thought you would learn and, and apply to your business? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I really like digital marketing. I never, I never set out to like digital marketing or, or anything to do with it or, or honestly design. I never thought of myself as a, as a designer or, um, you know, an artist and I'm still not by any means. We have designers that we use for everything. Um, but when you're starting out, you, you're, you wear all the hats. You have to do the design works. You have to design the emails. You have to design the landing pages and you have to design your ads. And so you, you kind of have to, to do all those little touch points. And I think, you know, something I never thought I would really, really love is uh, the design aspect of it. So, um, you know, learning about design and then kind of learning how to do it. And but like I'm still not even close to proficient on on Photoshop. Um, you know, I use InDesign for a lot of things um, and I'm still horrible on Illustrator. Um, but yeah, I think like the design aspect of it, if if I looked back where I was five years ago, I think my my design skills have improved more. But I've also um you know, it was important for me to improve my design skills so I could talk to my designers and tell them what I liked and didn't like. Because when you don't have a language for that, it's really difficult to tell people what you like and don't like about things. Because um, you could look at a logo or a design or a brochure and say, I like that or I don't like it. But to know what you like and what you don't like specifically so you can change it, that's kind of, um, you know, what what makes it good or, or not good. So, yeah, I guess the, the design part kind of snuck up on me as something I really liked. And that kind of went hand in hand with digital marketing and applying it to ads and applying it to emails and applying it to text message campaigns and things like that. And I, I can definitely relate with that. And um, even like for this episode that we're doing right now, I mean, I'll put out a, a podcast, um, you know, promo for it with like a quote on it with your picture or your play crates picture. And I mean, I've got it down pretty good right now, but it, it again, like it's always a work in progress because there's always more improvement that I, I know I could do better. And um, honestly, I, I, I've gained so much more respect for people who who do do that for a living because it's not easy. And um, and it makes a big I think it makes a big difference. So it's it's interesting to kind of hear you um, say that a little bit. But kind of going back a little bit now to your your college days. I know you started out in Massachusetts went to college at Rawlings College in Florida. How did you end up at Rawlings College? Because I've heard of that place before, and I've heard it's in a pretty nice area. Um, but how, how did you like going to college there, and how did you kind of end up there? Um, yeah, so, I mean, I I just didn't want to play baseball in Massachusetts. 
um, you know, growing up here are, you know, we just didn't play as much baseball. So, you know, the, the end goal was to be a professional baseball player and, and hopefully make it to the major leagues. And there weren't a lot of infielders, um, from Massachusetts in the major leagues. And a lot of, I saw a lot of them in Florida. Um, so I just need to go somewhere warm where I could just play as much baseball as possible. So I think my coach knew the coach at that school, they coached against each other. Um, and yeah, I went down there, I did a camp and they offered me a scholarship. Um, and I, I mean, once I saw that the campus is gorgeous, it was a good school as well. Um, and I really like that. Um, yeah. And then I just met a couple people on the team. I saw the field, I saw the amenities, um, and then it was a great school and that's kind of how I, I ended up there. And it was a blast. Um, at any point uh, when you were in college, did you think you wanted to be an entrepreneur or did that only start when you started playing professionally? Yeah, um, I I always wanted to be one. Um, I didn't know that that was even a career, by the way, until I, I started <laughs> reading some more things in college. I just always thought when I was in um, elementary school, high school, that you needed a career and that business was always kind of like a side thing. Like I'd have yeah. a a side project, a way to make money. And it was more of like a hobby thing. Um, but like I always sold stuff at school. I, I would repair bikes and I used to sell bouncy balls and in middle school. And I would, I would just always have side hustles like that, honestly, because I thought it was, it was fun. It was, it was just really fun to, to figure out what people would pay you for and how to make money. Um, so it's kind of a fun little puzzle, but I went to school, um, to be basically a physical therapist. So I went, I went pre-med and then after two years I was like, I don't want to be a doctor at all. <laughs> like that sounds terrible. Um, it just wasn't for me at all. So I switched, I switched my major. Um, and that's when I kind of discovered a couple of authors that I really liked. And, um, you know, I, I, I knew when I, when I was in college that once I graduated, I would definitely start something. I just didn't know what. I think a lot of people have that too, um, that they they want to start something, they're going to start something, um, and I just I was fortunate where I just found something like Plate Crate or like a little niche in the market, something that I, I could sink my teeth into, and uh, then you just go for it. You know what I mean? You're you're right out of college, you're broke anyway, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> well, I think one of the the, the tough things um, about sometimes maybe being an entrepreneur is is the is you always need to have ideas right there there's always you can't have enough ideas even bad ideas like i always want to have more ideas and for you especially since you're you know it's a monthly subscription box i'm wondering how do you get into that creative mindset like is there something that helps you um kind of feel that out a little bit or is there is it you know helping talk to other people you know maybe your customers what they want like how do you know like what to put in the box each month if you, if you do need to change it up, for example. Yeah, I mean, so I used to ask my customers what they wanted and I would get the same answers and it was just like three or four different items. Two of them wouldn't even fit in the crate. Um, and then I kind of realized that, and this kind of goes against everything that you would read, ask your customers, see what they want. It's not that at all. No one, no one's gonna, none of our customers are gonna tell us what they want. It's actually our job to surprise them and create things that they never would have thought of. That's honestly the fun of play create. We have themes that they wouldn't have thought of. We have designs that, you know, they wouldn't have seen because we had them made or, um, you know, we manufacture products that they wouldn't have, have seen. So, um, you know, something that really helps, um, is constraints. 
um, we need to put something out every month. We're on a deadline. So um, sometimes we're like, let's throw anything up against the wall and see if we like it. And oftentimes we'll say, we kind of like that, but maybe we tweak it this way. And then you just iterate on it. And then, you know, you, you start to get the ideas flowing and um, you're like, oh, this would be really cool if we added this product and we did this giveaway to go along with it. And things kind of start to work from there. But, um, you know, it starts from constraints. Um, you know, sometimes we will manufacture a bunch of, of, of things and baseball stuff without knowing what box it's going to go in. And then we'll work backwards from one single product. So I'll give a little spoilers right now. Um, we manufacture these really cool bat weights. Um, and you can basically take out different strips inside to, to vary the levels of weight on them. Um, so it's a donut. Mm. So we're like, oh, where where is this going to fit in the crate? It's like a more expensive item. It's a really premium item. Um, it doesn't really fit um, economically with a lot of the other crates. Um, so we're like, oh, it's a donut. Let's do a donut-themed crate. That'd be kind of funky and weird. So that that's kind of how we stemmed backwards. So in July, we're going to have a donut crate, and we're going to have a donut, an actual donut in there, um, kind of like a longer one. And then we work backwards from there. What what cool designs can we do with that donut now that relate to baseball? What you know, you know, snacks can we put in there? What other products can we do that make that something really special and unique that a customer would enjoy? The donut idea is awesome. I love that idea. Now, <laughs> what, what, how heavy is that? I, I guess I wonder what you have to pay extra if it's going to be a lot heavier. Yeah. So the 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 donut's sixteen ounces. So it's a pound, and you can take out different different things in it. And the way that shipping works is actually they change the way that they do it. So it's based on dimensional weight of the box. Um, so it's no matter what we ship, we basically have up to we're, we're shipping five pounds no matter what. Even if the box weighs two pounds, we're still charged for for five pounds, which which isn't great, but that's kind of how it works. <laughs> how how early do you have to go to these uh, manufacturers and, and and put your orders in? Um, usually we have ninety to one hundred and twenty day turnaround. So um, we're sort we have all of our basically all of our products sourced out until August right now. Um, so we like I just told you the the theme for July and a couple of things that are in it. Um, and yeah, we're sourced out till August, and we're we're starting to work on September's crate, October's crate, and then November, December are holidays. So we want to make sure that November and December are just mind blowing with the amount of value you get. Um, this year, I think uh, our November and December crate were two of the best crates we've ever had, and I think the last the last you know six to twelve yeah, about the about the last six months, our crates have just kind of exploded because we've we started manufacturing some different things, and we had more customers, so we could get better price breaks and play crates just kind of got better and better, you know, the bigger we get. So have you, speaking of getting bigger and bigger, have you found that, uh, there's a certain platform or email, Instagram, like there's, is there one place where, um, you've been able to kind of scale the most from, you know, it's kind of a combination of, of everything. Um, it's kind of putting in, you know, your, your flows the right way. So, um, you know, if you think of it in terms, in terms of a funnel, um, you know, you want, you want your email set up. Um, so when people put their email in, there's a series of emails that, um, that they see that hopefully gets them to go back to our website and buy. And if they go to our website and they don't buy, they get retargeted with a Facebook ad. And, um, so it's kind of a mix between everything. Um, Emails, we do, we collect a lot of emails and, and emails are a great medium, but I'm, I'm, I'm finding just talking to people on, on Instagram 
and on Snapchat, honestly, is the best. And I think it's the best because it's authentic. You know, I, I go on, on Snapchat with my face and I'm like, what do you guys want to talk about? Do you have any, you know, questions, anything? And if people, you know, ask me a question, I get back to them and we have a conversation. And that's not really a, you know, that's not really for the masses, but those are the people that I want to connect with, the people that took the time to follow us and took the time to look at our content and took the time to actually ask us a question. Um, you know, those are the people that, you know, whether they buy or not, I don't really care, but those those are the people that make Plate Crate special and make it a good community for baseball players. So I think we had, I have a text, like a text line. So you can actually, you can text now too. So I'll text people, they'll text me and we'll just have a normal conversation like a friend. Um, but I sent out like a big text message campaign the other day. It went out to thousands of people and someone texted me back, um, just like a meme of a cat or a dog or something. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I instantly made a meme cause it takes two seconds of another dog. And I sent it back to him in like two seconds. And he's like, first of all, I never thought I was going to get a message back to sending a dog meme that has nothing to do with baseball. And he's like, I didn't think I'd get a personalized meme from the owner of Blake Great either. Um, but like, I think that's, you know, that's, that's what they deserve. I want to, I want to talk to them and, and develop a, a personal relationship with them. And there's honestly people that have been subscribed to Play Great for a long time. And they know that if they reach out to me on Skype or anything, I know their name and I'll, I'll answer them instantly. And you know, that's kind of the environment I want to build. Ultimate goal of Play Crate. I mean, I was watching Shark Tank last night. I mean, do you want to be on Shark Tank someday or what's, what's the ultimate goal? <laughs> I, no, I don't want to be on Shark Tank. Um, you know, we've we've never raised money. Um, you know, the I ne- I never started Play Crate to to make a ton of money. It it like I said, it started just because I wanted to make. I was like, if I can make another couple grand a month, well, um, while, while I play baseball, it will let me play baseball a lot longer. Because yeah. a lot of people when they start getting older. And now, I mean, I'm out of baseball now, but I had friends who are my age still playing, and it's it's really difficult. Um, because as you start getting older, your your chances go down. They go way down. Um, and also, you're joining the workforce later. So, you know, if you're 30 and you're playing indie ball, I mean, I give so much credit to those people because they are those are the diehards right there um, that are giving it their all and they don't care about the consequences. But, um, you know, where I see Playcrate going is we're, I just want to grow and learn um, with Playcrate. So, you know, it's it's a great testing ground for me to learn e-commerce, to learn digital marketing, to learn what works, to learn what what doesn't work. Um, and yeah, that's kind of all I'm focused on right now. And and the the metric for that could be revenue, it could be subscribers. Um, so as we grow, that's kind of a side effect. But I don't think, you know, our our main goal isn't squeezing every penny out of Playcrate. In fact, last year my goal was to make zero dollars with play crate because i want to spend every dollar on testing and learning and 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 trying new things um which is fine and uh and that's how, so that's how do you like. if you don't make any money off of like how do you pay your own bills i just i mean i pay myself a salary but other than that um you know the the goal of a business generally is to make as much net profit as possible right and have a ton of money in the bank account and my goal last year was not that i said i'm going to pay myself a salary um, which I always do so I can live, pay my bills, not have to worry about, um, day to day things, pay my employees. Um, but other than that, I was like every, every dollar in our bank account is, is, is wasted. Right. So the goal of the business is to put $1 in, get $2 back. 
So if I have dollars in my bank account, they're not getting anything back. They're just sitting there. They're not working. So, um, so yeah, and that's, that's also how I've learned is I've tested a lot of things. I've lost a, you know, a bunch of money <laughs> <laughs> testing things. And that's the, that's the best way to do it. You know what I mean? It's the, the goal is absolutely not to make the most money. It's to learn, um, it, it's, it's just to kind of learn how to make money. You know what I mean? If that makes sense. And the, the only way to do that is ironically spending money on things to test things and, and learn firsthand. That's great stuff. So just to kind of wrap it up, uh, play crate for what'd you say? Ages 12 to 18 would be yeah. most of your customers. Yeah. 12 to 18. And honestly, like if you're an eight year old and you're a diehard baseball fan, you would love play crate. Um, there's really no age limit to it, but you know, if, if you're 16 and you're, you know, you kind of like baseball and you're a hobbyist, it might not be for you. And if you're eight and you live and breathe baseball, then play crate is definitely for you. It's, it's kind of case specific, but I mean, it's, it's, it's for me when I was 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, I was huge baseball nerd. I loved learning about the game. I lived, you know, I worked in a batting cage, my whole life and then eventually lived in one. So um, <laughs> yeah, it's for people who are just, you know, the baseball nerds out there. They have, they have something for them. Gotcha. Josh, really appreciate you, uh, you coming on today, man. Yeah. Thanks so much. This is a, a ton of fun. 